anybody ready for the word this morning? All right, let's do it. Today, we are starting part four of a series that we are calling, help me, Marked. And I am so excited about this series because we're learning from the life, the leadership and lessons that we get from David's life. And last week we started talking about David and talking about how he was approved in private. And if you're ever going to do everything that God called you to do, you're going to reach the purpose that he's placed on your life. Because many people in this room are marked for so much bigger than what you're living right now. If you know that God has marked you for more than what you're living right now, make some noise in the building. Okay. I had to make sure I was in the right room because some of y'all look like y'all swallow pickle juice this morning. You just, okay. Let me make sure. I believe that the reason you're here is because something on the inside of you is marked for more than what you're living right now. But the thing that we learned from David's life is that in this Instagram generation, in this, this, this um, validation generation we live in, God works differently. He doesn't do things the way the world does them. So when he, when he chooses you, he usually approves you in a private place. Where everybody's not going to know. Even your family members may not know what God's placed on your life. And many people get discouraged because maybe they're too old or maybe they tried before or nobody's cheering them on. But what we found out last week is that we have to embrace our opportunity of obscurity. And when we let God develop our negatives in the dark room of our life, then people get to see the picture that God has for us. Well, when I was thinking about this concept of being approved in private, it made me think of something else. That means that Samuel went to David and he anointed him like he poured oil on him said God's favor is on him and and for everybody that's new to church anointing all it means is God's favor like it means that God's approval is on something so when something's anointed you can tell because it's like that ain't them like God's doing that and and, and that's what I pray for every time I come to speak I don't have no anything that I'm saying but when I get up here the anointing of God begins to take over and some people are like he was speaking right to my situation you know we ain't talked <laughs> like and you know I don't know your situation but the anointing of God he comes on and he starts speaking to you and you and you and you and you and then comes back and hits me at the same time that's what we call the approval of God on something so David is getting anointed by Samuel he's getting the approval of God but there's something interesting that happens that many of us don't understand is once you get anointed or approved by God or get a vision from God, you're not always going to get a position. So I want you to know if you're marked, I've just got to hit this for a second. You're going to be anointed before you're positioned. And this is where everybody gets messed up. Because you know you're anointed. You know God's hand is on your life. You know you can sing. You know you can administrate. You know you can lead. And God's like, but you're not going to do any of that right now. You're going to serve. What? God, you must have messed up. Because I'm marked. Yeah, you're marked. So I need to go to the palace now. No, 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 no. Because if you go to the palace now, you'll be there for a very short time. Because I've put my hand on you, but you have not learned how to handle what I'm taking you into. So I got to develop you in a place where you're not going to be seen. And so that's why when David was approved in private, then he was anointed before he was positioned. 
right after Samuel anointed him, his marked self, he went back to the field. And I'm telling some people in this room who are discouraged right now that your field or your pasture season is not a punishment. It is preparation. And until you see it like that, you will always be mad about where you are now. Uh-huh. Because some of y'all trying to move to L.A., New York, there's just better opportunities. You'll still be there. And if you're still there, you're still taking all your issues with you. Until you become content in the place, in the space that God has you, knowing he's anointed you, knowing his favor is on your life. He's saying, I'll give you the position. And this is the thing that you got to believe. You either believe it or you don't. All promotion comes from God. You think promotion came from your boss. No, 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 no. Promotion comes from God. And this is what he is telling all of us. Chill out. And wait on me. Well, God, you're not moving fast enough. (laughs) I'm moving at just the right speed. That's going to allow you to do everything I've called you to do. This goes back to that concept of striding, finding the pace of grace. And what God's saying is, hey, I just need you to wait on me. Well, Pastor Mike, how do we wait? Look at Proverbs 3, 5. Because a lot of you, the question to you today is how are you handling the weight? And you, you, you think that the weight is like, like the time, like, God, man, I hate this. Like, I can't stand going to this job. But you got it messed up. God's saying, how are you handling the weight at your service, God? A waiter. See, when you come to a good restaurant, a a, a good waiter is not telling you everything they need. A good waiter is asking, what else can I do for you? Father, if you ask me to serve in this children's ministry, how long do you want me to be here, Father God? Do you want me to keep giving to this person who can't give anything to me at your service, God? And many of us are prolonging our season of going to the next level because our weight is bad. Uh, You're a horrible waiter. And what do you do with horrible waiters? I'm going to leave it right there because I'm going to just let it convict you on your own level. All I'm saying is you're marked. Somebody just say it. I'm marked. Say it like you mean it. I'm marked. But you're not getting the position yet. Can you handle the weight? Well, God, I'm 68. And I don't I don't know how much longer. I, no, 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 no. You never heard about Moses and Sarah? Who, who, who Sarah's womb was dusty? <sighs> Just powder. She laughed. No, y'all, it's in the Bible. She laughed when God said, I'm going to give you kids. She said, ha, 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 where? No. But at 90 years old, Abraham and Sarah, I said Moses and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, at 90 years old, she had a baby. And I'm telling you that there are seeds that God has placed on this inside of some of y'all that you have said, I am past the point of conception. And God says, if you put me in the mix, I can do things in times and areas where man says it's not possible. I am the great I am. If you believe it, go ahead and give God a shout of praise right there. Yes, somebody's faith is being built. 
So the question is, how are you handling the weight? Proverbs 3, 5 tells us how to handle the weight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on my own understanding. Because that's what we try to do. God, this doesn't make sense. He said, you didn't understand it when I told you. So you're not going to understand it in the middle. Like, like, don't trust in what you see. He says, seek his will in all you do. Father, I just want to please you. Father, this is, this is, I'm doing this, but God, I just want you. If this is not you, redirect me. Show me what you're doing. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. See, when you're marked, you got to wait on God. And this is where even for those who are finishing school, congratulations to all my graduates. If you're a graduate in the room, um, just lift your hand in the building. If you're a graduate, I see you. I see. Oh, come on, y'all. Hey, come on. We're so proud of you. But this is one of those funny things. Now you got a degree. Now, now you, you finished high school. Now, now you got your master's degree. God, you must have approved me because I wasn't supposed to make it past my sophomore year. And God, I'm, I'm marked now. And now he's saying to you, he's saying, all right, now you may have to go work in something that wasn't your major. Did I just waste four years? <laughs> Y'all know we turn into somebody else when you talk. Did I just waste my life? No, 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 no. Before you, he positions you where you're actually going to be. He may need to work some things in you and out of you that college didn't teach you. He might need to teach you how to trust him in a season where everybody else will not be able to like you. You big now you grown now like ain't nobody sending you Roman noodle money no more. Like you got to get a job. You understand what I'm saying? Like maybe there's a season you got to. Maybe you won't be able to have the blinged out apartment. Maybe you're sharing with somebody in a roommate situation and you can't stand people. And she touched my mascara. And, and I'm trying to tell you the things that we think are issues are usually tools that God is using to develop us. Yeah, I, I'm not driving a, a, a 2019 car. No, 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 no. Take 12 years off of that. Because that's the car you can afford. All I'm telling you is that that doesn't negate you from being in the palace one day. But it's part of, I keep saying this cuss word, your process. Just say it out of your mouth because some of y'all don't cuss like this. Say process. Ooh. So, so I just want to let you know this one thing, okay? I'm, I'm not going to my purpose or the palace yet. So God, what am I supposed to do? Well, I need you to know the weight is never wasted. If you're waiting, God never wastes the weight. If you would be submitted and open to what he wants to do in it, the weight is never wasted. Somebody needs to just say that out of your heart. Say the weight is never wasted. So one thing that I found out about David in the season that he was waiting before he became king, like, like he did something that was so amazing. And I think this is what God tries to do for all of us if we're marked in the waiting time. If you're marked, you're going to become the answer to a problem. You, no, no, no. I'm telling you, like if you're marked and you're waiting for God to put you in that next level, he always says, OK, let's now make you a help to somebody or something else that needs to be solved. And many of us, when we see problems, we see frustration and we punk out when we see problems. 
a lot of us think problems are the devil. Come on, let's be honest. You see a road bump, you're like, uh-uh, the, the, the devil's a liar. And then we go over here and we see another problem. And what you need to understand is problems are always God's way of getting you to promotion. When you become a problem solver, you will always be going to your next level of promotion. So I want to talk to you about being the answer. The title of my message today is the problem just found an answer. The problem, whatever it is, just found an answer. Somebody say, I'm the answer. Say it one more time. Say, I'm the answer. The crazy thing about it is we don't want to be the answer. Let's be honest. We want somebody else to answer our problems, our prayers, our stuff. But we never want to be the answer. And God says, if you're going to do everything I've called you to do, you got to understand this ain't about you. When you get to the highest level of what you're called to do, it is a service position. This is not a position for you to be served. It is a position so that you can serve. As the pastor of this church, a lot of people call me the lead pastor, but behind the scenes, I call myself the lead servant because I have to do things that nobody will ever see out of this platform to be able to serve whoever walks in those doors and needs a word from God. This is not a pious position where I look down on the peasants and give them a word from God. This is something that I'm up all night crying and praying over, changing my notes until the last minute because I don't ever want to say anything that would lead one person astray and then got to come back and put my life up against this stuff. And there's a harsher judgment for every person who teaches the word of God. So I'm not up here trying to prove something to you. I'm up here trying to serve you. And this and this is at every level of influence. The higher you go up, the more you have to serve. So what God does in these seasons is he presents problems as an opportunity for promotion. And so today I want you to change your view of problems. Because every time you see a problem, you want to run. You want to stop. And God says, that's what I wanted for you to go through the problem and become the answer. Somebody say, I'm the, I'm the answer. So let's look at David's life and let's see how he answered some of the problems that were presented to him. David was the answer. The first thing, he was the answer to the goat problem. See, y'all remember in first Samuel, when, when, when Samuel was coming to find a son in Jesse's house, David was number eight. Of, 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 of his brothers. And they didn't even invite him to the party. Okay. But they didn't invite him. Because if there was not somebody watching the goats. Their livelihood. Would have been in jeopardy. You're going to get it in a minute. So the one God chose. Was not at the party. Because he was the answer. To a problem. That would affect everybody. And it's going to take another level of knowing who you are in Christ to keep doing the thing that nobody wants to do. And nobody's going to praise you for and, and, and be the answer 
even when nobody's going to give you an applause. Let me let me prove it to you. First Samuel chapter 16. David was the answer to the goat problem. It said, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? He went through seven of them and God didn't choose any of them. He said, they're still the youngest. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once. And we will not sit down and eat until he arrives. See, this is the thing you got to understand. I don't care if you're a parent. I don't care if you're a business owner. I don't care what area of life you're in. The first test that God's going to give you is a test of humility. Will you stay with the goats when there's a party going on? Will you keep serving the children when there's an area on the platform open? Will you keep taking out the trash? Even though you're the owner of the company. Uh, will you still keep taking your wife on a date? Even though you've been married 20 years. It's a goat problem. And if you will not handle. The low level. Stinky. If you won't handle the stuff. That is not appealing. And this is the thing that you got to realize when you hang out with sheep and goats, you start to smell like them. So when you go into other areas, there'll be people who don't want to be around you because you still get your hands dirty. There'll be people that judge you because you don't look like your position. But God said, I've anointed him the king of Israel, but he would still get down and do the things that nobody else wanted to do. So if you have a goat problem in your life, the way you become the answer is humility. Write that word down. Humility. The Bible tells us that God is far from the proud, but he's close to those who are humble in spirit. And this is the thing that every one of us have to understand is that humility, everything in the kingdom is upside down. So the way up is down. The more humble you are, the more God can trust you with. And some of you, you have the skill, you have the talent, but you are prideful. You have the skill, you have the talent, you have the looks, but you're mean. You have the skill, you have the talent, you have everything that it takes, but you are not willing to do the things that take credit away from your bougie ideal of yourself. Now you live in a gated neighborhood and you walk into other people's, oh my God, they mow their lawn. Just because you have a gardening service does not mean that if the Holy Spirit has you drive by somebody's house, that their stuff is not kept up and you've been talking about it. Oh, my God. Why are they still in our neighborhood? The HOA should do something about them. No, he's leaving that problem there because you're supposed to be the answer. Pull out your John Deere. Drive over to their house. Don't ask them. And just cut the yard. Oh, I forgot. You're prideful though. And you would hate for one of your friends to see you back on goat level. You, you, would, you would hate all those people that you're making fun of because their clothes are not good in high school. You haven't taken one piece of clothing off of you. And given it to them. And what you don't understand is how you handle the pasture determines if you'll ever handle the palace. 
And what many of us are doing is putting ourselves higher than we are and forgetting that where God found us was, was in the pasture. That's where he found us. That's where we came from. And I'm not talking just about money, but you were lost in your sin and you were trapped up and ugly on the inside. And God has started to turn you around. And now you judge every alcoholic that comes into the church. You used to be a sloppy mess. And nobody knew it, but now you smell the hint of some weed or you smell the hint of something. And now you're judging people. Hold on, baby. Get back with the ghost. I want you to understand the name that they call Jesus is the great shepherd. Who are the sheep? So no matter how great you think you are. Bah. I don't, no matter how much money you make. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter where God takes you. We are sheep. And if we ever stop forgetting who we are and where God's brought us from, when he asks us to humble ourselves and help somebody that's maybe in a different position, we don't become the answer to the problem. So if you're going to be the answer, you're going to have to have humility. Somebody give God some praise right there. That's a good point right there. All right. So some of y'all are like, Pastor Mike, that's a lot. But give me a scripture. Philippians 2. Verse three, it says, don't be selfish. Got you. Don't try to impress others. Got everybody else. (laughs) And then what does it say? Be humble. Think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others also too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Pastor Mike, what attitude was that? I'm glad you asked. Matthew 20, 28. For even the son of man, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others. And he wanted to serve at such a high level that he decided to give his life as a ransom for all the sheep and goats. I want you to see God's going to present you with the problem that's on goat level. I, even this week, y'all can get some goat level issues. And he'll be like, no, 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 no. I used to do that, but I don't got to do that no more. <laughs> And it's a test. Can God trust you to not just see the problem, but be the answer to the problem? And the only way you can do it is with humility. Let me give you another one, okay? David was the answer to the guitar problem. So what ended up happening is after he was anointed, the Bible tells us that Saul used to be marked. He used to be anointed. But at the moment that David was anointed, that spirit left from Saul and a tormenting spirit came to him. And so he's in the, I could preach that. That's a whole nother thing, but I'm going to tell you that Saul now is being tormented, but he's still in power. He's still the leader, the King of all of Israel. And, And some of his advisors came to him and said, Hey, these, these tormented spirits got to go. What can we do? Look at it in first Samuel chapter 16. And we'll start in verse 14. It says, now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul. And the Lord sent a tormenting spirit. Who sent the tormenting spirit? Yeah, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. But I think the tormenting spirit was to get Saul back to goat level. He, he allowed something to come be a thorn in his side. 
to mess with his nights, mess up his sleep so he would remember where God found him. But he was so prideful, he never got to that level. So instead of being healed, he just wanted a, a, um, uh, a what do you call it? A, um, when you take some medication, he just wanted to be medicated instead of have a miracle. And that's what many of us try to do. And look what it says. He said, he sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. He's like, you think? Let us find a good, underline good in your Bible, good musician to play a harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play soothing music and will soon, you'll soon be well again. All right, Saul said, find me someone who plays well. So he wants him to be good. And he wants them to play well and bring them here. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is talented. He wants them to be good, plays well, and be talented. He's a talented harp player, a guitar player, stringed instrument player. Now only that he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He's also fine looking young man, and the Lord is with him. I guess this person had a crush or something, Lord. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say... Send me your son, David, the shepherd. What did he call him? David, the. He got noticed because of his excellence at goat level. I can't even stay there. God is not looking for you to be on the level that you're going to. He just wants you to be excellent on the level you're on. He said, send for David the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul along with the young goat. <laughs> there would have been no goat to send if David wouldn't have tended to the goats. And, and I, I should just call this message the goat. <laughs> but um, he said, a donkey loaded with bread and wineskins full of wine. Verse 21. So David went to Saul and began, watch this cuss word, serving. He's going to the palace he would ultimately rule in. But the first time he ever steps foot in that palace is not as the king, but as a servant. God will many times allow you to experience a piece of what he's going to have you to be able to rule in. But will you stay in a place of service long enough for him to give you the position and you not take it for yourself? He went to the palace as a servant. And Saul loved David very much. And David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent a word to Jesse. Please, bro, let your son stay here all the time. I am very pleased with him. And what, whenever the tormenting spirit um, came from, uh, from God, troubled Saul, David would play the harp. He'd play the guitar. And then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. Okay, so this is what I want you to understand. There was a problem. And David, see, he's in a season where he's not at the level he's going to be. But he was an answer to a problem. And the reason he was an answer because of two words, skill and excellence. I need everybody to hear me. It said it needed somebody good, somebody who played well, somebody who was talented. It's crazy that when people try to find the best people, a lot of times they don't come to the church in any field. I want the best administrator. They send out a headhunting firm to go to somebody who's been working on their craft for 15 years and don't care nothing about God. And I said, God, why is that? He says, because my, my people think that developing their skill is a problem. They rely on me 
when I'm relying on them. I'm asking you to work what's in your hands so that when I put my approval on it, the entire world will be able to see how amazing I am. And this is the thing. Many of you, because you're in life now and so many things have happened, you feel like you're too far behind. And God says, I need you to, I need you to get more skilled. If you want to write the book, I need you to start. I don't care what it sounds like in starting phase. Stop comparing your seed to somebody else's tree. Just do it. You, you got to get better at communicating with people. Well, I'm an introvert, but I called you to talk to the whole world. So I, I need you to start going into places and, and, and where you're uncomfortable and allow me to give you a Moses um, um, type of solution where Moses had a st- 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 problem talking and he, he, he had a stuttering problem. And what God said is open your mouth and I will fill it. And there's some people in here that need to be encouraged that you don't have to have everything. God says, step in the room and I'll show you what to do. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Pull out the paper and I'll tell you what to write. But David worked in skill and in excellence. And so he became the answer to the king's problem. Look what Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine says. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. What, what this is saying is. How you handle what you do that seems insignificant right now qualifies you in God's eyes to do it on high levels. Well, Pastor Mike, I'm just a single mother trying to raise these kids. Do everything you do as unto the Lord. I know know you're missing another key component to make this thing happen. But God says, I'll give you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. You stay in my face. I'll make you the mom and the dad. I'll allow people to come around. You'll be able to do it and there will be nothing broken and nothing missing. I can do that if you'll trust me. But will you do everything that I've asked you to do in excellence and with skill? One of, one of my mentors, Tudor Bismarck, he told me this. He said, Michael, the sure way to go to the next level is do what David did. Torment what's tormenting your leaders. I said, what? He said, the only reason that David went to the palace is because he tormented what was tormenting Saul. And all of us have some boss, leader, parent right now. My question is, are you tormenting what torments them? So practically, when I heard this, I went to Bishop Gary McIntosh, the former pastor of this church, and I asked him, what are some of the things that bother you the most? What are some of the things that frustrate you? And he told me, he was like, man, I always need my car to be cleaned. And sometimes I'm doing meetings and stuff like that, and I can't find the time to do it. And he was like, and Mike, man, I love the way you dress, but I don't like shopping. And so da, 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 I said, that's all you need to tell me. And from that point on, his car was never dirty. I'd go pick his car up in the middle of the night and wash it and say nothing. And he'd come out and it was clean. Week after week after week after week, I would take my own money on my little salary. I was still on the goat salary. And I would see something for him and I'd buy him jackets before I bought myself one. 
I would take him places and I started intentionally tormenting what tormented him. And I saw another level of leader. He was able to be everything he wanted to be because he wasn't worried about these little things that were tormenting him. And he was able to be the fullness of the excellence. I'm telling you right now, some of y'all need to walk into the office tomorrow morning and ask the boss, what's bothering you? What's frustrating you? Well, the fact that there's always no mints in this bowl. You say, don't worry about that ever again. I'm Call me Mr. Mint. Cause I'm going to Costco or Sam's and I'm going to buy a boat of mints and I'm going to keep them at my desk and I paid for them. But every time I walk into that office, I'm going to make sure there's mints there. And I'm not going to say, hey, boss, you see there's mints here. Hey, boss, you see there's mints because elevation comes from God. Yeah. Ah, he's not looking for the person to, to elevate you. He's trying to see, do you have his heart? To torment what torments there's and some of y'all are like well pastor mike you don't really have to be skilled and excellent to do that this is what i'm telling you every child in this room what torments your parents for many parents dishes torment your parents they hate dishes and you can make a decision right now in the ninth grade that every day that i come on i don't pay rent i don't pay for the tissue i wipe my butt with i don't pay i don't pay for nothing from now on I'm always frustrated that mom always wants me in the house at 930, but I'm telling you, start tormenting what torments them. Make a decision. There will never be a leaf on this grass ever again. I'm telling you, this may seem trivial, but when you become the answer to a problem, it's a sure sign that God has marked you for greatness. I'm just going to give you one more because some of y'all can't even handle this right now. Okay. The, the last thing that David did, David was the answer to the Goliath problem. See, this is the one we know him for. But I want you to know he was the answer to the goat problem as the shepherd. He was answer to the guitar problem, tormenting Saul's demons. And now he's going to be the answer to the Goliath problem. The entire Israel army is scared of Goliath. And David gets sent to the battlefield. And he hears him talking about his God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Oh, talking about my God. And there's some situations, I want to be very clear with you, that, have, that are so much bigger than you that you can't do this without God. Because you're like, Pastor Mike, okay, I got some real problems though. I got health problems. The doctors have only given me so much time to live. I have a child that's addicted to drugs. I'm glad you're talking about dishes and, and being nice to people, but I got real problems. Our house is in bankruptcy right now. I don't know if I'm going to have the money to finish school. Like They're about to repo my car right now. I got real problems. I have a Goliath. I have a giant in front of me. But do you know the same God that was with you on goat level and guitar level is going to be the same God that'll stand with you on Goliath level. And this was the confidence that David had. The biggest problem that he's ever seen before. But he said in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 32, it said look, look at the gangster he came with to this Goliath situation. Hey, King, 
Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. It ain't nothing. Look what Saul said. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. The same way that the doctor told you, there's no way you'll be able to fight this cancer and win. The same way they told you, there's no way your kids gonna come off these drugs. The same way they told you, there's no way you can go to the north side and build a multi-ethnic church. There's no way. I got a Goliath problem. Oh, I feel this right now. Don't be ridiculous. You're only a... Now, I want you to remember, you're going to have to go back a couple of messages, but this is Saul's narrative about himself. Remember when God said he was marked? He said, I'm only a. And now he's trying to project his own deficiencies on somebody else. Be careful of people who will tell you what you can't do because it's what they believe about themselves. He said, but you're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. No, 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 no. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. I've been serving at goat level. Ah. He said when the lion and the bear came to steal the lamb from the flock, I go after it. What happens when you're not playing defense in life and you're playing offense? When things are coming after you and you're not like, oh, 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 but you're like, what in the, what? <laughs> like, what happens when you see the enemy trying to come against your children and you're like, oh, God, please don't. And you're like, in the name of Jesus, I declare that my, what happens, uh, it's time for the church to stop playing defense. But us to go and start moving forward and playing often. He said, I went after it. He said, when the challenge, when the problem came, he said, I went after it. And he said, I go after it with a club and I rescued the lamb from its mouth. He was about to kill it and I beat him until he let it go. He said, if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. He gangster, y'all. I don't. I mean, I ain't never seen nobody just be clubbed to death. You know what I'm saying? He said, I have done this both to lions and bears. I've done this both to problems that were big and problems that were bigger. I believe God in faith when I didn't have money to get into high school. And I'm going to believe God in faith to be able to complete college. I believe God when I didn't have an apartment. And I'm going to believe God when I'm trying to get this house. I believe God. I'm trying to tell you somebody. I believe God for the common cold. And so I'm going to believe God for this, this disease that's in my body right now. He said, I've done this both with the lions and the bear. And I will do it. To this pagan Philistine too. Some of y'all need to get. <laughs> y'all need to get a little ignorant. Y'all been punked too long. Like if the, if the fact that I'm still here. Means that God has been faithful to me. And this problem that's in front of me. God gonna handle you too. It said for he has defiled the armies of the living God. He's violated what God said. Just like sickness violates what God says. He said by, by his stripes we are healed. I'm just telling you, look at verse 7. Look at, the, look at the confidence he had. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. 
the answer when you're faced with the Goliath problem is confidence in God. When you're faced with the goat level, it's humility. When you're faced with the guitar level of problem, it's skill and excellence. But there's some things that are bigger than you. And when you're faced with the Goliath issue, the only thing that I can rely on is my confidence in God. Today, there's some people in here that have been in the wait. And God says, I don't waste the wait. I make you. I work on you. I help you in the wait. But the way I help you is I'm going to introduce you to some different problems. Some goat level problems. Will you have the humility to stay and do what doesn't line up with your pedigree or your life now? If God told you to take a homeless person off the street, give them a place to stay for a week and take them to get a haircut. Would you do it? Could God use you in your vacation taking, children in private school having, not tithing self? Could he, could he potentially use you just to pay for the person's meal behind you? Well, they got money. They got in the line. So they must have money. Well, they don't know when they swipe their card, it's going to say insufficient funds. And instead of them praying for an answer, I put an answer in the car right in front of them. Will we develop our skills to the excellence point to where when God asks us to be in front of great people, we won't embarrass ourselves or him? Because he said they worked in it in obscurity. And now I'm just putting my anointing on what they do. And it's causing demons to leave. What happens when you administrate so well that demons? What happens when you watch kids so well that demons? What happens when you sing so well that demons leave? Then God says, then you qualify for Goliath problems. Stuff you can't do on your own that you got to believe me for. But I got a secret. I'm undefeated. And if you would just stand and be willing to go up, to go after the thing that's trying to intimidate you. Well, God, I'll, I'll never be able to get my master's degree. Why? Go fill out the application. I'm with you. Well, I don't have the money. He said, I do. Like, like, do y'all hear what I'm saying to you? And I know it's hard for some of us because I'm going to tell you the last problem. We have a humanity problem. When sin came into the world, humanity, all of us got this problem. But God's so good that he didn't give us a problem without the answer. We have the answer is Jesus. And today I want to pray for you. Because I believe so many of you are marked by God. And there's something he wants to do in you that nobody can take away. But you got to change your perspective of the problems you've been facing. This is just preparation in the process for all that God has called you to. Would you just bow your heads? 
if you're in this room and you know that you're in a waiting season and it's been hard for you to become the answer to these problems, but you, you're saying now, okay, I get it. The answer is me. Like the problem has just found its answer. And with God on my side, there's nothing we can't do. If that's you and you really want to stand and be the answer to some of these problems that you've been facing, just raise your hand right now. All over this room, there are people. I want to pray for you first. Father, I thank you that, Father, today our confidence will be built in you. <laughs> that you are now taking us from a place of playing defense to a place of offense. Father God, that we will be able to have the humility to do whatever you've asked us to. Father, that we'll work on the skill and the excellence of wherever you've placed us. And, Father God, we will be confident that you can do anything that you have called us to. And we will stand in the face of giants, whether it be depression, whether it be fear, whether it be um, bankruptcy, whether it be family. Father God, and you will allow those giants to fall as our confidence is placed in you. I'm declaring right now that every marked person in this room will not run from the problem. But Father God will see your strength through the problem. And today I thank you that you would strengthen their faith, strengthen their arms, strengthen their resolve, and allow them to be the answer that you sent to this earth to represent you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed still. If you're in this room and you need the humanity answer, you need Jesus for the first time. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that you would invite Jesus into your heart. If that's you, only you know if, if, if this is for real for you. But we're going to pray this prayer together as a family, even all those watching online. And if you mean this, I want you to pray. it. Come on. We're going to pray all together. Everybody say, God, thank you for sending Jesus as the answer. Today, I believe he lived, he died, and he rose again with all power just for me. Come into my life. Change me. Renew me. Transform me. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God some praise in this building.